that will give us prayer. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you for this day, for your mercy, for your goodness. We thank you for traveling mercies, Lord, and for protecting us throughout the past week. We ask for the Spirit of God to be with us as we study, open our minds, our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to your word. Write your words on our hearts and in our minds so that we will not sin against you, that we will be saved and enter your kingdom with you. In Jesus' name we pray and praise you always. Amen. Amen. Um, I'd like to, of course, invite everybody to participate with your comments and opinions and how the Lord has blessed you as you uh, studied this chapter. We're in chapter one, and it says God's call. Uh, one first question I want to ask is, why should we care about Christian service anyway? Any thoughts? Why do we care about Christian service? Well, because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to serve, and we need to follow in his footsteps. Okay. Anybody else? To serve and not be served. All right. Why else? Why should we care about Christian service? Well, it says, um, the Bible says God is love. And um, also Jesus came to show us who the Father is. And as um, Karen says, that we're going to be like Christ, then we're going to enter into the behaviors and do the things that he did. And um, in this situation, the term is called Christian service. And so doing good works is just part of being Christ-like. Okay. I think also, Lee, that um, we are called to to, uh, evangelize and we are called to use Christ's methods alone. And, and, and his method was to serve the people and then say, come and follow me. Amen. Good. All excellent comments. We are Christians, right? And we're called to be in service for Christ. So it would be nice if we knew what was expected of us, right? Mm-hmm. What if we just came up with our own things to do and thought we were doing Christian service, but it wasn't what God asked us to do or what he expects us to do. So it's nice for us to find out what does say the Lord in terms of Christian service. You know, all of us have different opinions and ideas on things. So maybe what I think is Christian service, you don't think is anything. And maybe what you think is Christian service, I don't really care about. Um, so we'll find out, you know, what the Lord is asking of us. It says uh, Christian service, depending on human agents as his representatives among men, God does not choose angels who have never fallen, but human beings, men of like passion with those they seek to save. Doesn't it seem like it would be better to choose uh, sinless angels to tell people how to do right? Doesn't it seem like it would be a good idea to use sinless angels to tell sinful people how to act right? Well, actually... That though the thought of using them would be ideal, the reality of using them would be they wouldn't understand the the walk that human has gone through. Hence is why Christ came, so that he could attest to everything that we went through and are going through. Oh, good, good point. Anyone else? Wouldn't it be better just use holy angels to tell us how to be holy? No, I agree with I agree with the person. What? That you know, um, they don't understand, they wouldn't know. And so 
they may miss a beat of mercy or uh, compassion or may not be able to respond with the right words to say. To okay, us, you know. that's good. Does anybody uh, want to share with us the definition or the difference in definition between sympathy and empathy? Is there a difference? They sound the same. Sympathy and empathy, is there a difference in the meaning? Uh, I think, yeah, we talked about that once before and how, uh, let me get it straight. <laughs> uh, sympathy is putting yourself in another person's shoes, right? Is that the, am I saying that right? And empathy is, is, is recognizing, you know, that, they, that there is a problem, that they do have an issue that they need help with. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah, okay. you got it. It's just backwards. It's it's what you said, but it's just backwards. Oh, it's backwards. Being, <laughs> you know, being yourself in their position and sympathy is being able to see that this is a bad situation they're in. Okay. So maybe sympathy is recognizing the person is wearing bad shoes. Empathy is I've been in those shoes before. Mm-hmm. So if the angels had never been in our shoes before, like Percy and Lakita were both saying, how can they really understand what we're going through? If you're talking to a person out on the streets and they're in rehab for some drug addiction and you've never been addicted to drugs, how much can you really t- talk to them about what they're going through? You know, you can, you can talk to them about it, but it's those nuances. Like, for example, the angels probably could talk to you know, us about you know, like they never had to wear shoes. And they can probably talk to us about, you know, like, um, you know, not having good shoes or their feet feeling good or whatever, but they may not be able to understand the calluses on the foot or the dry skin or, you know, the um, ingrown toenail. They may not understand, really understand that pain. So, or that, or, or the uncomfortableness of that or the chronicity of, of those conditions in the person who don't have good shoes to wear okay and you know okay. I, I often think i often think of a couple when they're having a child the man is there he's holding the hand but he can't actually feel the pain that the wife is doing with the baby as she's you know bringing it into the world but he you know he's sympathizing with her he's there by her side but he he can't actually like i said have a baby and then mm-hmm. when, when he says those hollow words such as, oh, it's not gonna, it's not that bad, or it's gonna be, you're gonna be okay, <laughs> those are the times when you, you just wanna holler off and slap them and say, <laughs> you don't know what Shame on you, Lakita. Shame <laughs> on you, Lakita. Shame on you, Lakita. <laughs> okay, excellent examples. Uh, that's a very good example, Patsy. Yeah, that's uh you actually understand more about what this person's going through because you yourself have been fighting those same battles. You have felt the same uh, issues. You've felt the same struggle and the same strife trying to deal with it. Whereas someone kind of from the outside looking in, they don't have all those, uh, what Lakita called nuances of understanding. Uh, Remember President Clinton used to say, I feel your pain. You know, he was trying to let you know he understands your situation, you know, and maybe he's been there also before. But that's exactly why the angels, they could tell us something just the same way that a dentist doesn't have to have a toothache to help you with your toothache. But it's more 
meaningful if they have had a toothache. So Christ, as Percy mentioned, Christ came to this earth as a human being so that he could go through the same things that we've gone through. And then when we go to him for assistance, he totally understands exactly what we're dealing with because he has dealt with the two. So couldn't use the angels to do it. Uh, the angels do deliver messages from God to us, but they don't fully understand what humans are going through. Uh, in order for us to share the unsearchable riches of Christ, God has committed the sacred trust uh, to men and women to help other men and women. And you know, we, we, when we don't understand what others are going through, we have, <laughs> you know, like when we, we haven't had the experiences that others are going through, um, then, you know, we don't understand those nuances. You know, it, it wasn't until I remember my uh, sister being all happy about being a grandmother, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so what? Who cares about that? <laughs> you know, that's not anything. But then when you become one, then your eyes are open to a new kind of love, a new way of looking at situations and stuff. So, you know, when we get to, um, we ourselves don't always fully understand what another person has experienced until we ourselves have experienced something similar to that. It'll never be the exact same, never, you know, but we, we can understand something similar. We all have felt lonely at times or alone or um, angry or sad or guilty, shame, you know, so maybe some self-loathing. We've all had some of those mm -hmm. feelings. So we can, you know, kind of, we definitely can empathize with others so going through that. Yeah. Uh, do you remember, um, this was back in the day, uh, Marie Antoinette and the poor folks of French were rioting at the gates and she was having a big party inside and they said the people are hungry. They want food to eat. And what did she say to them? Cake. Yeah, she said, let them eat cake. Because she didn't she'd never been hungry. She hadn't gone through what they were going through. So she didn't empathize with them at all. She didn't care. She figured, well, I'm eating cake. Y'all can eat cake too. But it was just a, a lack of understanding of the situation that those people were in. So same thing again with the angels. There will be some lack of the understanding of the situation that humans are in. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever uh, think about that, uh, the scripture that says God uses, his, he, God uses, uh, what does he call it? We read about it in Sabbath school, earthen vessels to share the message of salvation. And of course, that's talking about human beings. God uses fallible human beings. Do you ever feel sorry that God only has us to use to spread the message? You ever thought about that? No, but but but, but if we didn't, he would use the rocks. So he'll get the message out one way or another. You know, I don't feel sorry that he only has us because he doesn't only have us. The Holy Spirit is with us, you know, so the Holy Spirit works through us. He don't only have us. We're not here by ourselves doing it. We could never do it. Okay, any other thoughts on that? We'll go to paragraph 7.3, and it talks about... Um, Cornelius, he was a centurion, Roman centurion, 
but Cornelius believed in God and uh, he was doing all that he thought possible to serve the Lord. So when he asked more about understanding the gospel, then the angel told him, send somebody to Joppa, the town of Joppa, and ask for Simon. And he was going to have Peter talk to Cornelius about Jesus Christ and him crucified. So again, it points out to us in that paragraph 7.3, God did not tell the angel to talk to Cornelius about the story of the cross. It says a man subject, even as the centurion himself to human frailties and temptations was to be the one to tell him of the crucified and risen savior. And that was for all those reasons that we mentioned, someone that could understand where the centurion was coming from, someone who had been where he had been, and someone who could relate to him, you know, because whenever we're uh, speaking to people, you know, there's a, a, a technique that you use whenever you want to persuade someone or talk to a person, you want to bring up some common commonalities with the person, something that you have in common, start out with something you have in common. And then as they say, go from the known to the unknown. So that way you building some rapport and building some trust with that other person. So uh, Peter was talking to Cornelius about the crucifixion of Christ. And then in paragraph 7.4, what other example does it use where there could have been an angel had done the work, but it wasn't, it was a human. What was 7.4? Does anyone remember that story? Seven point four talks about the Ethiopian. Oh, yeah. What was going on there? Well, the angel um, went and told Philip to go to talk to the Ethiopian. Like he could have. The angel could have done it himself. Okay. So, what was the Ethiopian wanting? He wanted an explanation yeah. of the scripture. What did you say? And he, he, he wasn't understanding a section of the scripture and he wanted it, he needed an uh, understand. He wanted understanding. Okay, and why didn't God just enlighten his mind to it? Because God uses people. Yeah, you know, if God wanted to, he could enlighten all of us. But he uses other men and women to work for our fellow men and women. Uh, there's that verse I was thinking about. It's in the next paragraph. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What does that sentence mean? That the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. That um, we're not to credit ourselves with, with soul winning or with um, the accomplishments that we make. In, in behalf of even ourselves, or, um, but that it is God who should always get the glory. Okay, other comments? We don't have any excellency anyway. <laughs> we don't have any excellency or power. Yeah, we don't even have excellency or power, Lakita was saying. And it's very true, God uses ordinary people to spread his message. Uh, you know, one of the things that you have to be a, uh, very aware of whenever you are out doing soul winning work or talking to people about the Lord and lifting up Christ, 
if you get people who actually give their life to Christ, get baptized, join church, whatever, walk closer to the Lord, we have to be very careful. We don't start thinking that we ourselves did something great, you know, that, oh, look, I baptized, I brought in 50 people, oh, I converted 20 people. No, we didn't do that. We don't have the power to do that. Only God has that kind of power to transform people's lives. So that's what it's saying again. Remember, the power is from God. It's not of us. We're just his vessels. It's like, like an electrical wire. There's no power in the, the wire. It's in the, the power source. is in the electric plant. In the source, that right. creates that. Yeah, we're like the conduits or the wires that help plug other people into the source, Jesus Christ. So we don't have the power in us. The power comes through us through God's Holy Spirit, as he, as we allow him to use us to lead others to his throne of grace, right? Mm -hmm. So let's remember that whatever we do, do all to the glory of God, whether you are, you know, um, really good at your job, or whether you have a really good talent that you can share with others, uh, whatever you uh, are doing well at or successful at, Remember, it's God that allows you to be that. It's God that gives you power to excel and to do right and to gain wealth and to be successful at your trade or whatever. We don't have any power in us. What does it say about the vine and the branches? Oh, I am the vine, you're the branches. Except you're binding me. Mm -hmm. I don't know the rest. Without me, you can do how much? Right. Without staying in touch with the vine, with the vine, the branches die. You know, when if you prune off a, br a branch, it'll come back as long as the root or the vine part is still connected. But if you take the root out, that's a different story. So our root is Christ Jesus, the foundation. If we ever leave our connection from him then there is no power in us, period. But as long as we stay in touch with God, he blesses us to be a blessing to others. It says on chapter 8.1, it starts out, it was the Savior's purpose that after he ascended to heaven to become man's intercessor, his followers should carry in the work he begun. Show the human agent, show no special interest in giving the light of the gospel message to those who sit in darkness? Why is that? Uh, why is she asking that question? Shall the human agent show no special interest in giving the light of the gospel message to those who sit in darkness? And I, I think maybe that question is coming because you have people that are out there that want to see other people saved into God's kingdom. So the Holy Spirit is giving them the gospel message. Now, whether we go out and, and, and tell it to our brothers and sisters that, you know, don't know it, don't even have an understanding of it, then I think, you know, she's saying to us, should we just sit on the gospel for ourselves? And think we're the we we want to go to heaven, but I'm not taking I'm not going to make an attempt to take anybody else or to ask the Holy Spirit to lead me to someone that I can you know talk to or they could get a better understanding of what God is saying. Mm -hmm. 
Good, excellent points. Yeah, and you know, after I've done all this, Jesus did all of this in addition to going to heaven and interceding for us, in addition to still leaving the Holy Spirit here with us. I've done all of this. All of this has been given to you. The least you can do is open your mouth and say, God gave it to me. Mm, okay. When you think about it, if you have, let's say, um, say Saks Fifth Avenue is having a big sale and nobody knows about it and you happen to stumble on it, wouldn't you want to tell your friends about it? Wouldn't you tell your family about it? After I finish shopping. <laughs> <laughs> the key to being bad today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you find, you know, if you find there's a way that you can get uh, free food for people's families or some other resource that's available, don't you want to share that with people? Don't you want to see them benefit as well? It's the same way with salvation. When we have found Christ and he's the pearl of great price and we accept him and we love him and we want, then we want to share him with others, right? And if we don't- Elder Carl, I have a, I got a question mm -hmm. when you finish. I was going to say, if we don't want to share him with others, what's that saying about us? Go ahead, Patsy. Okay. The, uh, mine was kind of on the same line of what you just said. There are- and there are individuals that can share the message, but instead of being humble with it, it's like they overpower someone and make the other person feel stupid or silly because, you know, you're asking questions because they have all this knowledge and you're reading and you're asking the Holy Spirit to lead you. It does, it does take a person that has some knowledge that can help someone to be humble and to listen to that person instead of, and I don't know want to I want to say boasting, but instead of you know putting putting them down in in a I won't say it in a nice way, but making them feel like you know you're stupid, you should know this by now. You see, do you understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying, Linda Carol? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I think when when you're sharing the message, and she talks about the gospel message, I think there has to be some humbleness on your part too. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I'm saying as as a person sharing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that you're so right. Um, and I think I was listening to a sermon today and uh, the pastor was like, some of y'all been in church for this many years and blah, blah, blah. I think that we sometimes do come to, especially each other or, you know, to people who are, may not be Evans, but are Christians and have the attitude of this is easy. You should know it, which, <laughs> which makes people feel like, well, maybe. I shouldn't ask about it. Maybe I should just be quiet. And, you know, and that's not what we want to do. We really want people to grow and to, um, you know, share your ideas. Even if, you know, the discussion is heated, or, and I don't mean heated by mad or nothing, but it's an exciting, engaging discussion. We all come away with different views and ideas and, you know, we learn something. But if we're going to shut a person down by, you know, like insinuating that they're, they're stupid or they're not smart, with our tones, with the way our eyeballs be rolling out in our heads and, you know, the way we, you know, just the way we're communicating, then we shutting down people and, and that person may not feel comfortable with witnessing Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess I kind, I kind of ran into that when they're talking about Ellen White and they talk about like the books and stuff. 
Well, if you're a person and you don't have it, and they'll say, oh, girl, you've been in the church too long not to have uh, patriotic prophets. You know, I'm just saying that as an example. <laughs> and I'm like, well, since you have it, can you share it with me? You know, th- th- you see, that's my thing. If you know I don't have it, you can just read it, you know, what, what, over the phone, the, the paragraph that I'm saying that it referred to whatever I was reading, instead of saying, oh, you need to get those books. And you're like, okay, but you haven't told me where to go get them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you're right, Pansy, too, a, a, a long time ago, access to this material. Now, the, it's, it's more free now because, you know, it is online, but access to it, you know, like a hard copy. Some people like a hard copy of a book. You know, that was much more readily available. I think in the past, like 10, 15 years, I don't even think we've had a bookmobile. I'm calling it a bookmobile, but SDA mm-hmm. book um, come. When is it a bus, whatever bookmobile come into the St. Louis area? They usually don't come to the black church anyway. But you know, uh, so the last time, you know, it's not really as available as it used to be either. So, because I not, think we not, used to get and, most of our books from Sister, uh, what was her name? She was a Bible worker, but she would sell us books and stuff. Sister yeah. Foley. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man, that's been a long time ago. Yeah, people are are um, leaning towards paperless society. It's still trying to be paperless, so a lot of the books are online, but you can find them in paper. Uh, I've found a lot of books, you know, at the secondhand bookstore. Be surprised, you know, you see them and you're like, "Why is this book in here?" But you can find some good books too. But the, the point is, this, this uh, chapter is called God's Call to Service because everyone who accepts Christ as their Lord and Savior, God is calling each one of us to help to save others. He's calling each, each and every one of us to carry the light of truth to those who sit in darkness. You know, and, and there are some people who are willing to just sacrifice greatly, you know, to spread the gospel. They'll leave their family, they'll leave their homes. They'll um, give up different material things they could have had, all for the sake of the gospel to share it with others. Not saying that everybody has to become a missionary to foreign lands, but you can always be a missionary in your household or in your neighborhood or at your job or wherever you are. You know, but the truth is, all of us are saved and called to help save others. And another thing too, uh, Patsy, about those those materials, you know, getting the books and stuff, unless you actually hear someone say like councils of diet and foods, or there's another one called health and something, you know, or uh, temperance, unless you hear that mind, character, and personality, hear those titles, you're not going to even know those books exist. And we used to hear those titles a lot, not so much. This is probably the only place that I'm hearing the title of books or you know, reading about, you know, straight up looking at what's been written and stuff. This really is the only platform that I've actually, you know, come across and stuff. So it's really not like it used to be back in the day where everybody went to missionary MV, missionary volunteers. You can hear the title of these books and people talking about the devotionals and stuff. Every time someone said the name of a book, I started thinking, oh, I got to get that book. You know, I got to figure out where you get patriots and profit. What is a great controversy series? You know, I, you know, but I was hearing those those words and you just really don't hear that very much anymore. 
Uh, one of the nice things, too, about having the app online is because it lists all the books. And no matter which book you pick, God has revealed some good information to us um, through those books. So that's a nice thing about having the on your phone app because you have all the books right there in front of you. And it's truly a blessing. But again, all of us as Christians are called to share the gospel. Let me just ask you, uh, what is your faith? One of, because I know you got many ways to share the gospel, but one is your, what is one of your most enjoyable ways that you like to share the gospel with others? Someone like to share with us, what's one of your favorite ways of sharing the gospel? Well, I kind of like the group. I kind of like the group approach because I get to hear other people's, you know, thoughts and 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 what they've learned, and they just, you know, it's just wonderful to have brothers and sisters that will share things. And then I get a hint. I say, well, you know, maybe I should try that around my house. You know, they put little, you know, if they, and I'm just using this crazy. They put little sticky notes each morning to give them, you know, a verse to. Uh, uh, out of the Bible, and I said, you know, just something so simple like that, you get to pick up on things that are keeping them motivated, that can keep you motivated, and and, and got your mind st- uh, stayed on the Holy Spirit in Christ. So I kind of like the group approach. That's nice. That's always good. Wisdom in a multitude of counsel. And also with that is all the sharing of ideas and thoughts, you know, because nobody has all the answers, but it's nice, like you say, Patsy, to share and you can learn something from anybody. So that's a terrific way of sharing the gospel. Anybody else, what's one of your favorite ways of sharing the gospel? I think I like to encourage people and to, um, you know, about how good God is. And um, just that's it, just basically encouraging people when they're feeling down and disappointed. I like to, I like to, and share, share with them scriptures and uh, maybe testimonies to help them see, you know, Christ or reconnect with him or okay. trust him. Yeah, that's excellent. Encouragement is always good, right? And, you know, it's a tough world that we live in. So you run into people who are feeling down and depressed or don't know which way to turn or they struggling with some issue. And you come up and you got encouraging words to say that does lift their spirits, you know, and it helps them to feel better. And there has been many people whose very lives have been saved just from an encouraging word from someone. So that's another excellent way of sharing the goodness of the Lord. Sometimes you can just say to someone, uh, God is good. You don't know what they're going through, but you just remind them, God is good no matter what you're going through, and he'll take care of it. And you don't even have to know people to say that. You know, you just encourage people that you see on the streets, encourage people uh, on the bus, encourage people at work. Just say something kind to people. This would make a it would make a whole different world if the words that we spoke were encouraging instead of discouraging. Right. So that's excellent. Amen. Encouragement. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. You know, part of the biggest uh, joy for me is. Uh, that living testimony, because it's not necessarily I have to just come out and say, hey, what about this? What about that? But because they've seen something or heard something of me, they ask the question, what is it that caused you to do that? Or what is it that, why do you do this? And so then 
through their through through my testimony, they get to learn. And I I've really enjoyed that. Um, of course, you know, some of us we we like to do uh, a little preaching here and there. Some of us like to do a little Bible study here and there. Um, one of my old time favorites. I was one of Sister Foley's and my dad's members, uh, so I used to love selling the books. So. Amen. Well, many different Amen. Two books says you don't even hear the word Cole Porter much at all anymore. No, you don't. I think a lot of people have never even heard that word. Yeah. But yeah, that's an excellent way. Uh, book sales. And, you know, I've always felt that now with the Internet, you could sell even more books, you know, than oh, yeah. knocking door to door. You could sell so many books. And of course, the door to door has its place in personal connections with people. But just in terms of getting the books around the world, nothing beat the Internet. You can sell books to people all around the globe from the comfort of your home now. And that's an excellent way of uh, sharing the gospel through Cole Porter ministry. Any other favorite ways people like to witness, share the gospel? And Percy, you mentioned also testimony. Everybody likes to hear what you went through. Everybody mm -hmm. loves to hear a good story. So testimonies, you know, it's, it's kind of strange that when you're at prayer meeting or at church and people ask for testimonies, nobody really wants to share. But people love hearing a story about what happened to you and how you got over and what happened after this happened and you know, do you think that'll work for me? Everybody likes that. You, you know, it's part of uh, just the inquisitiveness or some people might call it nosiness of humans. You just like to know what's going on in other people's lives, you know, so you can think, oh, they're going through this. Yeah, I went through something like that. Or, wow, they're going through that too. I thought I was the only one. So testimony is also a terrific way of sharing the message. And that's another way too. You don't even have to know the person. You know, you just might run into somebody at the mall, get to talking a little bit, and they tell you what's going on in their life. And you say, you know what? I used to be in that same situation. Let me tell you what happened. And they'll sit there and listen to you. And you can always share a word of how God uh, brought you to it and then how he brought you through it. So, yeah, a couple of excellent ways of witnessing and spreading and sharing salvation. Uh, anyone else? I know one of... My favorite ways is uh, actually through these classes that we've been blessed to have, thanks to our media team. We do the discipleship class. It's a way of sharing God's message. You know, and again, none of us knows everything. So anytime we can have a new book to go through or somebody says, hey, I read something over here. Or I saw this clip somewhere else, you know, and add to it. It's a learning experience for me and for everyone else. So. That's what that's always been one of my favorites is teaching and uh, leading out, you know, in church services. So everybody has a different favorite, probably. One Karen, did you mention about, you? Oh, go ahead. Andre. Think about Lee is mm -hmm. we are really not that different from one another. We all looking for success in life. We all have to eat, sleep, work. We all have homes. We all have bills. There's a lot that we can connect with, and a lot of times when we sit and have conversations, um, a lot of things that we go through, somebody else has either come out of it or going into it, 
or in the middle of it. You know, so Amen. when you get up in church and you give a testimony, you have no idea of who is who can relate to it, who was in the middle of it. They want to know, just like you said, how did you come out? What mm -hmm. happened to you? Uh, was it successful? Uh, what did you do to get the best results? Um, because a lot of times somebody will say, you know, the Lord must have sent me here to hear that story or hear that mm -hmm. testimony. Uh, to help me through this thing. Um, yes, that's yes. that's one of my favorite. Um, Karen will tell you, I can stand on the bus stop and make friends with anybody. Mm -hmm. I can come up with some kind of way that we can connect. And um, to talk about how good God is to other people um, is just one of my favorite conversations, period. Um, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. I just wanted to, to talk about how we are connected as a people because we all are going through something or coming out of something. And, yeah. that's, and Andre, that's a really good point that you're bringing out about, you know, being able to say, I did this to get over it. Because if the angels, as we was, were talking about why they are not ministering, you know, on behalf of the Lord and God chose us. Well, they couldn't say to the person, this is what I did to get out of it because they haven't gotten out of it. They didn't have right. to get out of it. They don't have those experiences. You're right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so and then like somebody might be addicted to drugs. And we can help, you know, not saying that you can't do anything to be supportive and helpful, but the person that they might say, well, I'm going to the 12 steps, it's not helping me. But that one, one person who's going and found out, yeah, you know, I go too, but I also do this. Right. And that may be the very thing the other person needs. Yeah. Right. And I know yeah, if not, go ahead, person. Yeah, the other one that, that I thought about that I used to love to we don't do it as much now, but back in the day, we used to have a handful of tracks. And I used mm -hmm. to love just being able to put a track in somebody's hand. Just some, sometimes they'll come back and say, man, that track was really good. Where did you get that from? It's, it, and that, like Andre said, then that opens up that door for communication. So I love yeah. the track ministry as well. Yeah, that was all. I like them tracks too. And, you know, that's another thing that we don't hear a lot about, but there are some really excellent tracks uh, that we can get a hold of and you're still sharing with people. In fact, that was one of my favorite ways. Um, when I was on the bus too, Andre, anytime I get on the bus, I'd have some tracks and I would sit by whoever, open seat, it didn't matter if I knew them, and I'd get to talking and then I'd hand them a track, you know, just right. bring, the, bring the conversation around to the track title and then just say, hey, you know, look, you should take a look at this. And you'd be surprised uh, how many people would come back and say, man, that was good. And, you know, and then they would ask you some other questions, you know, and the thing is, uh, Sister White says we should let those tracks in the word of God fall like the leaves of autumn. So, you know, just let them go. Like now what I do, I put them in my utility bills. When I'm paying a utility bill, mm -hmm. there's going to be a track in there with yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. You don't know the person open that up and they'd be like, well, I was just thinking about this subject. You just never know. God said his word will not return void. So we just do our part. And again, there's many ways to to um, spread the gospel message. You never want to limit God because he's unlimitable and you don't want to limit yourself to thinking I can only share the gospel like this. Don't put yourself in that box. You can share the gospel millions of ways. 
you know, and they all are good ways as long as you're sharing the truth of God's word with somebody. So that, that's you true. Know, be imaginative. Just just let your mind run free. How can I reach people? What can I do to interest somebody? How can I tell somebody about the Lord? What can I do? You know, years ago, uh, years ago, nobody would have thought you could have a Zoom meeting and share the word of God because it just wasn't in our vocabulary. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. So think about in the future, there will be new ways that people come up with to share the gospel. Each one of us probably has thought of an idea and said, you know, I bet this would be a good way, but, you know, no, nobody going to believe that. Don't worry about what they believe. If God put it on your heart, try it. Now, you know, Elder uh, Wellington gave me, made me think back that when we grew up, we used to have them cans and we used to do in gathering and my sister would make sure we had plenty, plenty <laughs> of materials to give when we was in gathering. Girl, we still got our cans. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those cans. Lee, yeah. I would get on the bus a lot of times at the front of the line so it wasn't anybody on the bus uh, mm-hmm. or maybe two or three people. So then I would put a track in each one of the seats and I was sitting in the back oh, and as yeah. people were getting on, as they got on, they had to pick this. They wanted to see what that was on the seat before they sat on it. So they mm-hmm. it made them pick it up. And I would see them on the way downtown um, reading that material. See? And uh, when I used to work at a hospital, I would go and put them in, you know, it was all kind of pamphlets when you get off the elevators. There yeah. were pamphlets on cancer, yep. diabetes, and I have, a, I have a pamphlet on the Sabbath and a pamphlet on uh, diets and foods. And I would just put those things all over the place. The mm-hmm. next day I would come back in and a lot of them would be gone. I wasn't sure who took them, if the administrators took them because they weren't part of the hospital stuff. But I just, I think the Lord allowed some people to see those tracks yeah. and pick those up, you know? And just think, even if the administrators were taking them, they were learning something from them. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they looked at them too. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, don't ever give up thinking new ideas and new ways to spread the gospel message. And when you think about eternal life, this we're talking about eternal life, salvation, right. you know, living in the earth made new and going back and forth from heaven and to the other world. Don't you think other people would want to know about that? Of course they do. Yes. yes. Yeah, of course they want to know about that. You know, and, and when the last days come, we don't want to be the ones that people look at us and say, hey, you didn't tell me nothing about this. You knew this was happening and you didn't say nothing. We don't want to be in that group of people. No. We want to be in the group where they say, hey, you, you I'm so thankful that you shared that with me. Because, you know, now I'm ready for the Lord's return. So, you know, always be listening to God's voice because he can lead you to do some things. And and um, I think one, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, about uh, in our Sabbath school lesson, um, doing outreach. And then I had made the comment about, I said something to the effect. So did the general conference give you the authority to go do outreach? And it's just a redundant question because, no, the general conference don't give you authority to do outreach. God gave you the authority. So it's the same with reaching God, uh, reaching people for God. Whatever he tells you to do, then just do it. Don't don't go asking, you know, anybody else. Hey, what do you think, Pastor? Can I do this? 
or first elder, can I do that? Or whoever, if God told you to do it, go ahead and do it. Hey Lee, I have a testimony on that as well. Go ahead. Um, my mother's passing, you know, mm -hmm. I asked Audrey now, could we uh, stream it? And uh, so they did. Well, I got a, a, a text from my uh, cousin about three weeks ago. And she says, um, I gotta ask a question. Do your church, do your church stream on online? I said, well, yeah, they do. She said, well, when are they gonna be on? And I said, wow. She said, I really, really love the choir. And your pastor, he's, he's really exciting, but I really love the choir. Can you let me know when they're gonna be on again? <laughs> so there, right there is another way. I'm excited that she's excited to even wanna, you know, to listen and learn. So yeah. I was excited when they said, we're going to go back in on the 26th so I can tell her we'll be there. <laughs> hmm. And that was because she saw your mom's funeral broadcast? Mm-hmm. See? Who would have thought? Yeah, that? she was there. She was actually oh, in St. Louis Port, and that's when she got a chance to see, the, you know, the church, the choir, and everything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Praise the Lord. You just never know how the message is going to reach people. So just well, you know, uh, it's it's funny because uh, Elder Ben he opened up the gym at Northside when the, before the pandemic, and he was having the, the, the young men or young ladies, you know, get a team to come in. And I never knew that my grandson, because he's so quiet, he brought his team and stuff, and I heard him, you know, talking to him, you know, on the phone. You know, it's like, well, this is, you know, this what we're doing at the church, and we're trying to get people to come and see what the church is about. And believe it or not, I ain't going to lie. I came by there to buy me some veggie dogs because they were serving food. And I was like, man, them some rough characters. But, but I mean, I don't know. How, I, I guess, you know, they, these young kids, when they go, but they was respectful. And I didn't stay. And, and I laughed with my daughter, Delana. She said, they had a real good time. And they kept asking Jawan questions about, you know, so y'all go to church on Saturday. You know, what that, what's that all about? But it was a way that it brought them in you know, even though, like I said, they some rough looking little characters, but they play the sport and they begin to to want to say, "Hey, we're gonna come to your church on Saturday," because you know I ain't never heard no church go to, on Saturday. That was their first time ever knowing about Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, very easy for people to say, you know, you have an idea to try something to bring in some people's interest. Oh no, we tried that before. No, that'll never work. Don't even listen to it. Just go ahead and do what thus saith the Lord, because he's the one that's bringing the people in. Remember, we're just his vessels. Uh, on paragraph 8.3, it says, God could have reached his object in saving sinners without our help. But in order for us to develop a character like Christ, we must share in his work. So we're benefiting, too, when we share God. Uh, Christ's message with others, we're benefiting because we're developing a character of Christ, which is to point others to salvation and to point them to a right relationship with God. We must participate in his labors for their redemption in order for us to enter into the joy of seeing souls saved in God's kingdom. So he's inviting us to share with him in his labors. And it's not uh, an obligation, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to share uh, Christ with others. 
It's a privilege to play a part in souls being saved in God's kingdom. It's a privilege to help point others to a better life in this world and the life to come. One of the things Lakita always mentions is it seemed like, and I'm sure this still happens, but she would point out that when people used to come into uh, uh, the Adventist faith, when people started studying their Bible and, and praying and participating in worship and praise, that their life seemed to get better. You know, they might get a promotion, they might be, become more healthier, they might have a better family life, they might have a better social life, whatever. It just seemed like their life went up higher, you know, because now they have connected with Christ, again, the vine, and now their branch is no longer wilted and dried out, but now their branch is showing life. And that's too what still happen as we do God's will and continue to share his message with others. Let them feel the light of Christ's presence. Let them receive those blessings from heaven that God has planned for those that, that trust in him. So let's not give up and let's not be weary and well-doing, but while we can continue to share Jesus with others, however we can. Uh, last paragraph is like the next to last. It says, with almost impatient eagerness, the angels wait for our cooperation. Isn't that something? The angels are eagerly waiting for us to cooperate, for man must be the channel to communicate with man. When we give ourselves to Christ in wholehearted devotion, what kind of devotion? Wholehearted. Wholehearted. Wholehearted devotion. Angels rejoice that they may speak through our voices to reveal God's love. Now, you just think about it. And uh, speaking of Sister Foley, Patsy, I remember Sister Foley had told uh, the LEs, you know, they would have prayer meeting before they go out to knock on doors. And she said that you have to go knock on that door where the Lord leads you, because if you don't go to that door, say you just give up early or just say, I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Well, the angels were there at that house waiting on you. They were there eagerly waiting for you to show up so that you can be the channel of communication between God and man. And it's the same way with us talking to people about Christ. The angels are impatiently waiting for us to do our part, you know, because they're there to do their part. The Holy Spirit's ready to do his part. And they're all waiting for us with that wholehearted um, uh, commitment to do our part for Jesus as well. Uh, the final, final paragraph says, we must be laborers together with God. Okay, that's a big point. We have to walk where the Lord's leading us, not get out in front of him, but labor together with him, not try and take it on like we have power because we don't, not try and do it ourselves because we can't, but labor together with God. It says, for God will not complete his work without human agencies. And again, it's a privilege for us to be involved in the work of saving souls. As we continue to lift up Christ, he's going to continue to bless us to reach more people and to understand his word even more so that we can share with others. Amen. 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 You, know what I, you know what I think about, Lee, when you talked about mm -hmm. going to visit people, I think about, and this could be a little far-fetched, but I don't think so. <laughs> think about the angels that are, are assisting you and the evil angels that might want to block you from going to visit and the good angels fighting the evil angels
to keep them off of you, protecting you. And then you decide at the last minute, oh, I don't feel like going there. They're like, wait a minute. We didn't went through all of this stuff to get you here. The Lord sent us here as a special assignment. We're fighting all these folks off just to get you here, clear the way, and then you don't go through with it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think about the things that God has assigned us to do and and how disappointed I think he is when we don't. And, and, I, and I look at it, it's just not me that he's sending. There's a whole lot of other things that are going mm-hmm. to uh, result from me obeying God and, and moving and going to reach the people that he wants me to reach. Um, so it's not just, do I feel like it? It's like, you know, the Lord is, and there's blessings that go along with that too. So mm-hmm. you, you always want to make sure you are on the right path, the path that God has put you on, and that you finish the actual task that he's given you. Amen, amen. Uh, one time as a call porter, I was uh, out with another call porter and um, a person said, come back tomorrow at this particular, before three o'clock. And so I was saying to the person, it was their sale. I was like, you got to get there before three. They said before three. Uh, they, I'll get there, you know, when I get there. <laughs> so they got there at about 310 or 315 and the person was leaving. And he was like, well, okay, you know, I got your book in the car. He said, oh, no, no, no. I said before three o'clock. You came here after three. So no, we won't be uh, buying. I won't be buying mm. any books today. So, you know, yeah, the Holy Spirit, you know, God is working with us and he wants us to really come up to par. And sometimes it's just so hard. The more we don't listen to God, the easier it, the less voice we hear, the more confusing things get for us. So we have to really mm. be about doing what God says when he tells us to do it. Amen. And I think sometimes that when God tells us to do it, we want to say, now are you sure? And then we want to come up with excuses like Moses said, <laughs> well, I don't speak very well. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's, it's to the point now, when God say move, I just move. I say, you know, especially, you know, I, I, I kid with the kids at the, at the church school and the little girl say, Miss Harper, she said, you sing very low. I said, honey, I said, I don't have a voice. I said, but I can still, you know, sing the words. I said, but it don't sound very good. And she was like, that's okay. She goes, just as long as you get the, get, get your volume up. And I was like, oh, Lord, she's throwing big words at me. So now I, now I don't think about it. I just sing along with them whether it sounds good or not to me. I'm like, okay. She say, bring the volume up and I'm going to. <laughs> and this is Amen. a child telling me, bring the volume up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, Lakita, I was reading today in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, which is about um, when the children of Israel finally got to the borders of the Canaan land and they sent the spies over to spy out the land. And then, um, you know, they came back and, and Joshua and Caleb gave a, a report of, you know, well, the Lord said, take the land, let's go take the land. And then the other 10 said, no, they, they like, they're like giants and we're grasshoppers in their sight and we can't take them and we can't and we can't and we can't and we can't and we can't. And, we can't. <laughs> and so they just, they, they, they refused, they refused. And they said, you know, we just, they, they actually appointed a leader to go back to, to take them back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, <laughs> then after, after that, Moses said, well, you know, Moses let them know that the Lord was displeased with them and um, that um, they should, uh, you know, not do anything, and then they decided, oh, 
and, and the, the, the 10 spies were struck down with the plague and all of that. Then they realized they had sinned. But, and so the, the pronouncement from the Lord was, you know, turn back, go a different, go by, by way of the Red Sea somewhere. And so then the people, like, they realized they had sinned and they were like, okay, well, no, we just go ahead and we'll take the land. Well, they rebelled, first of all, by not going the first time. Then they rebelled again when the Lord sent the instructions after they rebelled to go back by way of the Red Sea. And so uh, it, it, it just, it, the point of that chapter was when God says to do it, you do it when he says do it. Mm -hmm. Because right. anything less than that is not obedience. Yeah, partial obedience is disobedience. Huh? Yeah, that thank you for that message. That's really a mm -hmm. timely message that you just gave. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, and, and you know what, Karen, when you read that, and as you was telling it, the thing that struck me is they were looking at themselves, you know, we are as exactly. rest, exactly. You know, they were not looking at the power of God, you know, what exactly. I'm but also and another thing that struck me is this. No matter how much hell you have to go through, you're still going to do what God tells you to do, right? They was going right. to get to the promised land. Now, those right. people couldn't enter in, and it was going to be 40 years later, but they still got there. And here's the thing. They were scared of the people of the land, but God did never intended, never intended for them to fight the people of the land. Because when they came back around 40 years later, God told them to march around the city of Jericho and the walls came down. Mm -hmm. God was going to do it. He never intended for them to go to war with the, the, the quote unquote giants in the land. He was going to give them the victory. And they had already, the people in the land had already heard about what God had done for the children of Israel. They were scared to death of the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good points. I remember God is a God of order and God of time. There's so many time prophecies in the Bible. They happen right when God says, because he has things mapped out. So right. when he's telling us to go this way, go this time and do this thing, it's mapped out. And all we have to do is be obedient. And when we're obedient to God's commands and his callings and enablings, then the result is all up to him. Right. We don't have to do it in our strength. Uh, for next week, Karen, where are we at in testimony? We are uh, in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, and we're at Chapter 92, Political Sentiments. Political sentiments, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just what we're talking about in Sabbath school this morning. Mm -hmm. Politics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's uh, close with a word of prayer, and then we'll go offline. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for blessing us with a beautiful study today. We thank you so much for your prophet, which has shared your words with us. We ask and pray that you'll give us all, Lord, wholehearted devotion to spreading your word and seeing other, other souls saved in your blessed kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. amen. All right. Thanks, everyone, amen. for tuning in. Be blessed.